Let's roll, baby. Yet another edition of East Coast Bias as the road throughout the NFL training camp, the division previews, the closer and closer we get to the start of that NFL season, the better off we're all going to be. But we will have our final breakdown and recap of these particular divisions. We wrap it up with the AFC and the NFC South. We welcome in Raheem Palmer. We welcome in Joe House. Of course, I'm yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski. And, you know, House, I I think a good way to look at the conversation we're about to have with these two divisions is simply this. If you took the NFC South and put all these other teams in other divisions, I probably would not have a playoff team. But because they're in the NFC South and because somebody has to go and win the particular division, I don't think we'll look at the Saints, the Falcons, uh, the Panthers, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a team that would be favored in a playoff game in wildcard weekend, as a team that I'd say is probably even one of the seven best teams, the six best teams in the NFC. But somebody's got to go to the playoffs, dude, and that's our job to figure it out here on this fine show. JJ, you know you're right. We are talking about the two worst divisions in the NFL and the point you made about playoff success and the picking up these teams and dropping them in other divisions is on the money. But look, just because these divisions are bad does not mean that we cannot make some money. There should be some opportunity here. I just will confess right from the top, right out of the outset, I'm looking at both of these divisions the same way. And what I'm what I'm sizing up is the coach quarterback combination. Because I think you can really start to distill this thing down a little bit when you compare some of the rookie quarterbacks and rookie coaches in the AFC South and some of the moves that have occurred in the NFC South in terms of, you know, new quarterbacks and and new new coaches. To me, we got to start with the NFC South New Orleans Saints. And it begins and ends this division to me with the New Orleans Saints because for some reason, the NFL schedule makers have created a uh, Mardi Gras parade route for for these guys in terms of of the schedule that they have in, in front of them. They face, in terms of the quarterbacks on their roster, nine bottom-tier or rookie quarterbacks. And this is a good defense. It was a good defense all year last year. They 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 gave up some chunk plays, but uh, by and large, you know, top 10 in, 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 I mean, top, top, by far top 10 in, in uh, defensive um, success rate. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. They are favored in eight of their first 11 games. The NFC South this year plays the AFC South, which has a bunch of opportunities for W's in it. And they also play the NFC North. That's a little bit of a tougher tangle, but still, you know, you're getting teams that that are potentially in transition like Green Bay, the regression of the Minnesota Vikings. And then the, the, the Saints have the Rams, the Giants and the Patriots as the as their other games, those are opportunities for wins. The the most interesting thing to me is the addition of of Derek Carr. And as you examine the schedule in detail, you get to the 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 point, and I, I know Dream is on this as well. They play 13 of their games in a dome this year. 
You know who likes playing in a dome whose success in warmer climates and more stable environment? It's Derek Carr. Now, the knock, and it is not a small knock, the knock on the Saints is Dennis Allen. And for my money, he is, by quite a long shot, the worst coach in the NFC South. And I would make the argument probably the worst coach in the AFC South as well. Of these two divisions we're going to talk about, um, his decision-making, his game-calling decision-making, his, his uh, go for it on fourth down, nobody punted more from the 40-yard line or, or inside the 40-yard line than Dennis Allen last year. So that is the only thing to really temper the enthusiasm. But the Saints are kind of built for success in a division that gives them some opportunity, Dream. That's, that's my perspective on this one. I agree with you 100%. I think you laid out the case for and against them. Obviously, we know Dennis Allen is not a good head coach. He's 15 and 38 as a head coach in the NFL. And we all know he's just not a good in-game decision maker. I mean, last year, they had a chance to beat Tampa Bay, and this guy just kept kicking field goals on fourth and two. I mean, he like even kicked the field goal on, on the Bucks 11-yard line on fourth and two. So to me, like, when you look at Dennis Allen, he has the ability to hamstrung a team. However, when you look at the Saints' schedule, they're underdogs in just three games this year. So they have a huge advantage on the schedule. And their first four quarterbacks are going to be Will Levis, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, and either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. And they also have a three-game home stretch at the end of the year. So everything is lining up for the Saints to overachieve. And when you look at the fact that D Derek Carr, you mentioned it, he struggles when he's playing in cold weather. And they have 13 dome games this year. And in addition to that, Derek Carr is scheduled to play the second easiest schedule of opposing pass defenses. So when you look at the Saints the last couple of years, what did they win? Seven and nine games with Trevor Simeon, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Ian Book. Derek Carr is a competent quarterback. So I think you can look at this Saints team as the front runner to win the NFC South. That's playing plus 130. Now, I also think there's some value on like an alternate win total. Like if you can get them at 10 and a half games plus 200, I think this team could probably win 11 or 12 games. Now, they're not going to do anything in the postseason, but their schedule lines up for them. All right. I understand the argument. Schedule sets up well for New Orleans. That's fine. Want to sit there and tell me, talent-wise, they have the most talent in this division? That might be true. I don't trust their head coach. He's awful. I'm not a Derek Carr guy. If you watched a good amount of his film last year with Vegas, I didn't think he was particularly good. That's number two. Number three, I think the New Orleans Saints are a team, fellas, that's getting up there in age. I mean, if you look at their team, they got a lot of guys who are on the north side of their career, who are on the back nine, let's say, of their career. I think their defense is a show of what it was a couple of years ago. It's still solid, but it is not the dominant force that would give Tom Brady fits when the Bucs were at their peak and whatnot. I'm selling stock on the Saints. I think they're way too overvalued. I think there's a lot of opportunity to go different places here in this division. So schedule may set up. That's great. I don't trust the coach. I don't trust the quarterback. There's no way in the world I'd be putting my money on the Saints to win this division house. I'm not doing it. No way. Just to be clear, I am not betting 
a single dollar on the New Orleans Saints because I can't look at stand to look at myself in the mirror and have uh, Dennis Allen have any of my money uh, at, at risk. So I, all I did was lay out the case for why I think they're going to win the division. I can't get there with the other coach quarterback combination throughout the division. I think the Saints are the most mature team to the to the, as as the other way of thinking about your point about age. I think they're kind of built for you know uh, uh, they they have some experience on both sides of the ball for for some veteran savvy kind of stuff. The other thing you know all of the luck factors you know the number of times that teams make field goals against them and the number of times there were fumbles that they didn't uh, recover and injury. Look, like they were in the in the bottom five, a bunch of those categories and just simple regression. You know, they do a little bit better in terms of teams missing field goals at a more average rate. They do a little bit better at, at teams, you know, at, at, at gathering up fumbles. They do a little bit better at staying healthy. That puts them a lot closer to, to you know, the nine to ten wins it's going to take to win the division from my humble perspective. Yeah, they didn't they didn't create a lot of turnovers last year and the pass rush wasn't really good. So I think you can expect a little bit better luck. I mean, the one thing to your point, JJ, is that they did lose a lot of guys on that front seven. Marcus Davenport, Caden Ellis, like they lost some, some key guys. So, I mean, that's going to be tough. But I just think in a bad division with the way the schedule sets up and I just expect Derek Carr to be a lot better. We can't talk about how bad Josh McDaniels is and then blame Derek Carr for not performing well in that same system. One thing the Saints did do was they brought in John Gruden as a consultant to help Derek Carr out. And I think that's going to work wonders for the Saints offense. Fellas, when we come back, there is a team I'll be betting to win this division. And I'm curious to see, because the odds on FanDuel indicate as such that both Atlanta and Carolina, they're live. There's no getting around that. In a wide-open division, I think there's a case to be made for both the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers to go and win a division. Who do I like more? You'll find out in a matter of moments. And can anybody get behind Baker Mayfield and the retooling Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We're coming right back. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because... Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So you're looking for value for a team to go and win the Super Bowl. And I know I'm a big Miami Dolphins fan, and I know some of you are going to say, oh, this might be a homer pick. Listen, you bet on health from the quarterback. The defense is really good. They go and add Vic Fangio. They made the playoffs a year ago. Dolphins right now on FanDuel, 21-1 to win the Super Bowl. That's one I have circled. I'll tell you another one I have circled. If you're a believer like I am in the resurgence of Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns at 30-1 to is a pretty juicy number as far as I'm concerned. So how about those two? Off the beaten path, Super Bowl bets. No fun giving you Kansas City and Philadelphia. That's boring. We're not going to do that around here. But you could use your bonus bets on anything from spreads to player props to over-unders and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash gamblers. Must be 21 plus in presence. Select states. Gambling problem. Call 100Gambler or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. Bonus issued. is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. 
Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by Fanduel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and Fanduel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on Fanduel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like Three Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. All right, gang. So in the NFC South, if you look at FanDuel, New Orleans, the favorite at plus 130 to win the division. The Atlanta Falcons at plus 210 to win the division. Carolina at plus 360. And then the team that has had a lot of success over the last couple of years, maybe not as much last year because they were just a team that was a byproduct of a god-awful division, but the retooling Tampa Bay Buccaneers now with Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. Okay. Between Atlanta and Carolina, Raheem, I like Atlanta at plus 210 to win this division. I think Atlanta is a team that I have circled. They lost so many close games last year. They were the king of losing games down to the bitter end. You throw in the way they are coached offensively. I love Arthur Smith. I I think he's a terrific offensive coach. I think he's a guy that's going to be able to get a lot out of the talent that they have there. You add B. John Robinson, who's going to do everything. Kyle Pitts, Drake London. I'm looking at Atlanta, and I know there are questions about Desmond Ritter and whoever the hell is going to be playing quarterback. But I think in a bad division, the price kind of indicates this is the team I'm going to buy. I'm in on the Atlanta Falcons. Can I get you, Raheem, on board? So this has actually been one of the sharper moves throughout the market this offseason. The Atlanta Falcons, they opened up on their win total at seven and a half wins. You're now looking at eight and a half, and there's still some sharps still going over. And a big reason why is because the Falcons have an easy schedule, just like the New Orleans Saints. And their first 11 games of the season, the Falcons played rookie quarterbacks or first-time starting quarterbacks like a ton of times. I mean, like, you look at the only quarterbacks with like any like experience are Jared Goff, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, and Kirk Cousins. Everybody else is either a rookie or first time starting quarterback. And then you also look at the the defensive additions. We all know that Falcons defense was horrible last year. Well, they add Jesse Bates. They add um Calais Campbell. I mean, Calais Campbell isn't the same guy, but you pair some of those guys with Grady Jarrett, and you have a competent defense. And then you also look at Arthur Smith. He likes to run the ball. Well, they drafted B. John Robinson. So they have some weapons with Drake London and and Kyle Pitts. Now, I don't think that they're that deep at wide receiver. I think they're a Drake London injury away from this thing really going bad. But I can see why a lot of people like the Atlanta Falcons. Me personally, I just can't get there with Ritter. I'm not a Ritter fan. They did sign Taylor Heineke. So I think if things go south, you have a competent quarterback in there. So I do think they can get over this win total, but I don't really have anything on it. 
Yeah, I'm right there with, with Dream on this one, JJ. Uh, my problem with the fortunes of the Atlanta Falcons begins and ends with Desmond Ritter. We didn't see anything out of him last season that suggests that he is NFL ready. They basically gave him three and a half games and the Falcons had the lead in, you know, less than 20% of the, of, of the time that he was a uh, quarterback on the field. I do very much appreciate what they tried to do to improve the defense. Seven new potential starters, by way of free agency and trade dream hit on come a couple of the names. But my question is if you, I don't think we should be patting them on the back for the Bijan Robinson draft pick. That is a, uh, uh, in the same way that I can't get my head around why Detroit drafted a running back in the top 15. The same is true for me with the Atlanta Falcons. They had two running backs last year that combined for 1700 yards at nearly five yards per carry and 11 touchdowns. They don't have a running back problem in Atlanta. They have talent out on 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 the uh, at the receiver position. It's Kyle Pitts at tight end. It's Drake London and two guys you never heard of. I mean, they 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 also uh, had no pass rush last year. The worst pass rush in the entire uh, NFL. Now, the some we we talked about some of the guys. You know, Bud Dupree, Calais Campbell, uh, Jeffrey Okuda coming in. But you know, it is that enough to offset the quarterback position. See, I believe in Arthur Smith. He, the, the, the wins that Atlanta got are really because of how he schemed up that offense. And, you know, you, you could say, well, look what he did with, with Mariota. He got wins out of Mariota. And then they tried Ritter for a little bit. The Ritter experiment went poorly. Can he scheme up around Ritter? It's just a too big of a question mark for me to really make a big investment. JJ, that's my issue. All right, so you guys are out on Atlanta because of the quarterback position. I can understand that, but I'm telling you, they're going to be a much improved offensive team. I think some of the additions they bring in defensively will only help. And that line moving the way it has from a future standpoint, I have it circled. It's a bet I'm making. Okay. House. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, like, just to be clear, I'm not totally out on Atlanta. I'm just holding. I'm not, I'm, I'm just not buying warm. right now. You're lukewarm. Okay, yeah. Raheem. Fine. Fine. Carolina. New coach, new quarterback. We know Carolina has talent on defense. Bryce Young, standout at Alabama, made unbelievable plays in the SEC, is a guy that is highly accomplished. Frank Reich has taken teams to the postseason, and he has NFL coaching experience. Do you see value in Carolina? To me, if I'm betting on someone to win this division, those are the two teams I have circled. I'm either firing on Atlanta or I'm firing on Carolina because I think the number is good for both teams. Where do you stand on the Panthers? I have to tell you, I um, feel like the exact same way I do with, with the Falcons. Uh, I, I need to see it. Like um, the combination of Frank Reich and, and, and Bryce Young, I think is built for long-term success. But if I'm trying to make a wager for outcome this season, the defense is young. It was a roller coaster ride last year. They do have the benefit in Carolina of the same theme we've been hitting on, which is not facing, you know, top tier quarterbacks. They 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 face uh not impossible pass defenses when they're on offense, and they face seven, a combination of seven rookie or bottom tier quarterbacks on defense, many of whom are in their own division. They tried to acquire some offensive talent. They got Miles Sanders. They got Adam Thielen. They got DJ Shark. Uh, they got Hayden Hurst. 
none of those guys on the receiving end are going to make up for the loss of, of DJ Moore. But, you know, trying to protect Bryce Young with uh, some some veteran talent, I, I get that. It just feels to me like a team in transition. And so I'm not prepared to make an, an investment. I don't want to speculate uh, on this because I can't pick a unit on either side of the ball that makes me feel confident um, in making an investment dream. I'm not buying this this Panthers team at all. I mean, first things first, when you look at the coaching staff, Frank Wright, head coach, offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown, apparently they haven't been getting along. And you look at Bryce Young. Bryce Young, he was solid at Alabama, but he is a smaller quarterback, and he's not a smaller quarterback in the realm of a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray. He's not a guy who can move around. So I don't know if he's even going to be able to make it through a season. And, you know, House talked about the weapons, Adam Thielen, DJ Sharp. Like, to me, those aren't weapons that I look like it's just going to elevate Bryce Young. I mean, DJ Moore was like a huge loss for them. So Miles Sanders, I don't think he's going to be the same outside of that Eagle system. So I'm not expecting an improvement from an offense that was 21st in EPA per play last year. I'm just expecting this, this offense to be either the same or worse. And defensively, we all know things can change. Things aren't as consistent. So I just can't buy this, this Panthers team. I think their win total, what is it? Seven and a half. That's really high for a rookie quarterback. Raheem out on the Panthers. Seems like everybody's just down on all these teams in the division. I mean, and, I, and understandably so, but the bottom line is we do have to pick somebody to go and win it. Now, Tampa, when you guys were having the conversation about worst coaches in the division, look, I know Dennis Allen's record speaks for itself. Todd Bowles is a wonderful man. He's a good defensive coordinator. He's a horrific head coach, too. So let's not forget about Todd Bowles. I think that is worth mentioning here as you look at Tampa getting ready for the start of this year. And listen, Tampa gets Baker Mayfield, who played well down a stretch for the Los Angeles Rams, and you applaud him. The Rams were in games. He put up some good numbers. He ends up getting a starting job. Uh, House, I'm out on this Tampa team. I'm not. They were not any good last year with aging Tom Brady as their quarterback, but it's still freaking Tom Brady, for goodness sakes. I think Tampa is one of those teams I have circled as a candidate to maybe be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Now, they probably won't get there because they're in the right conference to go and get a couple of wins. They're in the right division maybe to go and get a couple of wins. But I just think this has a year in which the bottom falls out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am out on Tampa. I think they finish in last place. I think the team is dreadful. Dude. Yeah, the, I know. The, the argument for why your uh, perspective holds water to me begins and ends with the quarterback position. You, you, we can't overstate the difference between Tom Brady and Baker May, Mayfield. I can't even say it with a straight face. And even Tom Brady at 40 some years old too. No, Let's throw no, it out there. We're Tom, talking about Tom Brady at 44, 45, and we're still having this conversation. I mean, if Tom Brady was a quarterback of this team, I think they could get to eight or nine wins and been, be very much in the mix. They still have that outstanding receiving core it's curious to me it feels like this team this tampa team should be in transition but they held on to um important skill guys um especially on offense to me the season um hinges on the offensive line because you're asking so much more of this tampa offensive line than last year i think brady was top three in terms of how quickly he got rid of the ball baker mayfield may be the slowest uh release guy in the entire 
NFL and and the offensive line for Tampa last year took a lot of hits. They tried to to bolster it through a combination of guys coming back from injury. They signed uh, Matt Feller to play right guard. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is shifting over to the left side. I mean, they're trying to bolster this um, offensive line. It begins and ends there. They have the misfortune by way of winning their division last year. Uh, they have a first place schedule. So they did, they have the benefit of playing the other teams in their own division. They also get the benefit of playing the AFC South, but they have Buffalo and San Francisco and Philly on their schedule. So it just feels like, like, like a tough one. I, I don't uh, ever want to be in the position uh, of having an investment that includes Baker Mayfield. So I'm out on this team too, JJ. This one's tough. And the reason why I say it's tough is because, look, we all know Ty Bowles isn't a good head coach, but he is a good defensive coordinator. And I expect this team to have a top 10 defense. I mean, they still have guys on that that lineup. You still got Barrett at linebacker. They still got White. You got Levante Davis. They got Via Vet. Like, they have some guys on defense. And the secondary is still good. Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield. Like, I just think they still have the star power to be a lot better than what people think. And then even when you look on offense, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think they can be a competent team. It's just a matter of what the offense can do. And you get rid of Byron Leftwich. I don't, I'm not sure what Dave Canales is going to do. He comes from Seattle, so you could almost expect him to run the ball really heavily. We all know they didn't let Russell Wilson cook, so you can kind of expect the same thing with Baker Mayfield. So it's not going to be a high-flying offense, but I think they can be a team that's competent, and I think they can get to right where that win total is. So I'm not fading them, but I'm also not buying them. Um, I just I think they can be competent. All right, for what it's worth, Tampa's win total is at six and a half, and the under is being heavily juiced. It's at minus 142. Boys, favorite bet for the NFC South. You have to give me one. Uh, I'll get it out of the way. Atlanta Falcons to win the division at plus 210. That's my favorite bet of the bunch. Take it for what it's worth. House, you got to give me one. I know it's hard, but you got to give me. What do we got? I'm going to go under on the Carolina Panthers at seven and a half wins because I think they're a seven and ten uh, team. I think this, you know, for for them, they are trying to to build an identity, build a team. Seven and ten would be a success with their their new head coach and their new new quarterback. So my favorite bet in in this division, the under at minus one hundred two for Carolina at seven and a half wins. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints plus one thirty to win the division. It's either that or the Falcons over eight and a half wins. I think I would I would kind of split those in half, but I, I like the Saints. I just think Derek Carr gives them gives them some competency that I think they'll they should be all right with that schedule. Well, boys, when we return, the burning question with the AFC South is this: Are the Jacksonville Jaguars closer to the teams in the pack in the division, or are the Jacksonville Jaguars? ready to play with the big boys for real in the AFC. I'm trying to figure that out. Maybe I'll get all the help on that. Is Jacksonville closer to the big boys in the AFC? Are they closer to the teams within the woeful AFC South? You'll find out next. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. FC South time, boys. Jacksonville. It's weird. Talking about Jacksonville is like a bona fide favorite. Think about it. We have Jacksonville and Detroit as favorites to win respective divisions in the NFL this year. Hey, life in 2023. The Jaguars are at minus 155 to win their division. Tennessee, always a tough team with Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry, plus 310. Indianapolis, new coach, new quarterback, plus 550. And then the Houston Texans at 10-1 to to win the AFC South. House, Jacksonville. Got off to a rocky start last year. Finished the season strong. Had some great victories. Thrilling win against Baltimore. Thrilling win against Raheem's Dallas Cowboys. An even more thrilling win. Wildcard weekend against the Los Angeles Chargers. They couldn't take advantage of Mahomes being hurt in that divisional round game. But they have a quarterback that we like in Trevor Lawrence. They have a coach that we like in Doug Peterson. Here's what I'm trying to figure out with Jacksonville. They're clearly, to me, the best team in this division. But are they a team that is ready to play with the big boys? Because I think that's what people are wondering. All right, they had some playoff success. They had a good first year with the coach and the quarterback. Do you profile Jacksonville as a team that, in your humble opinion, is ready to take that next step? So I'm not. I think this Jacksonville team is kind of built to to repeat um, w- what they did last season. I have immense respect out of both divisions. My favorite combination is Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, what Trevor Lawrence showed us last year. Uh, and, 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 and that's uh synergy with, with coach Peterson. That, that was impressive. That run they went on the playoff win against the chargers. And then they really were competitive um, in that Kansas city game. You can't, you know, uh, uh, understate how competitive they were. Um, in, in that, uh, in, in the playoffs, the thing that I don't like is the offensive line challenge. Um, I'm looking at, at units on both sides of the ball. They lost their best offensive lineman. Um, Juwan Taylor went, went to Kansas city in the off season and Cam Robinson is out for the four, first four games of the season because of a PED suspension. So I don't like that. The most important thing for this team by far is to protect the golden child, Trevor Lawrence. 
And those two things are a little bit uh, of a hit that they're going to have to to grapple with. The other thing is, again, they won their division, so they have a first-place schedule. They have the Chiefs, the Bills, and the 49ers. Now, of, of course, they go. In, they have alongside that the uh, NFC South, which is 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 manageable. But uh, you know, I, I think they're kind of built to be exactly what they were last season. Right around nine wins feels like the right number to me. It might be enough to win the division, um, but I don't see it like a giant leap forward because they just don't have the talent on both sides of the ball yet. Dream. I think this Jacksonville team is fraudulent and. The big reason why they got into the postseason last year was because they beat up on bad teams at the end of the year. And then Dallas just choked away a game in which they should have won. And you look at the Tennessee Titans, they started eight and three, and then their whole team went to the hospital and they completely fell apart. So to me, this Jaguars team, like they're not that good. I, I love Doug Peterson. I love how he's improved Trevor Lawrence. But at the end of the day, this is still a bad defense. This defense is not good. And they lost some guys on the defensive line. The secondary is is horrible. House mentioned it. The offensive line has some issues. He he mentioned the suspension to Cam Robinson. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to block Trevor Lawrence. So I'm not going over on their win total. I just think they're overvalued. I can understand that. And I definitely don't think that they're a team that I look at in the same sentence as those top dogs within the AFC. Like, let's put it this way. Whoever wins the AFC South, unless you're a believer that Jacksonville is just going to go and dominate this division, they have four seed and worst record out of the division winners, to me, written all over it just from a talent standpoint. Here's the problem, though. Everything you said, Raheem, is accurate about Jacksonville. Beat some bad teams down the stretch, that might be true. Issues on the offensive line, that might be true. Couple of defections might be true. Who are you backing now? See, that's the problem I run into in this division because I think Tennessee has a good number. Tennessee is not the same team they've been on defense. Their offensive line is not as good as it's been. And Ryan Tannehill's still their quarterback. I'm not ready to get on board with Indianapolis, young coach, new quarterback. I'm not ready to go there. And the Texans are the Texans. So, I still think there's value in Jacksonville to win this division because I'm still getting Doug Peterson, who's the best coach in the division. I like Vrabel, but I still think he's the best coach. He's the best. Are we sure Doug Peterson is is the best coach? Yes. Because yes, yes. Okay. He's won a Super Bowl with Nick freaking Foles as his quarterback. I love Vrabel. I'm a huge Vrabel guy. When you win a Super Bowl with Nick freaking Foles as your quarterback and beat Tom (laughs) Brady, you you get the mantle as far as I'm concerned. Dream. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but with him and, him, him and Lawrence, I think they do just enough to win the division. That's my feeling. They're not ready to play with the big boys yet, but I don't trust any of those other teams, dude. That's my problem. So I ask you, if not Jacksonville, then who in this division? I just have so much respect for Rabel that I have trouble believing that the Titans should be plus 310 to win this division and the Jacksonville Jaguars should be minus 155. That's fair. I just think Listen, that I, th- I think I, the I discrepancy think- between those prices, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't disagree with that, House. I do think if you're going to bet on anybody to win this division other than Jacksonville, Tennessee is the team to, to bet because Vrabel's taking teams to the playoffs. Derrick Henry still is there. They find ways, right? Like there's certain teams that find ways to win and that culture is kind of ingrained within them. 
And we talked about this when we were going through the DeAndre Hopkins signing a couple weeks ago that, hey, they have a bona fide, legitimate number one receiver. It has, if you wanted to go and bet Tennessee to win this division, I would not talk you out of that. I don't have a problem with that bet. Okay. JJ, I always feel like a little bad because here on East Coast Bias, me and Dream kind of get on a wavelength and then we start feel, feeling completing each other's sentences. And, and I, and I want to be on the same side as you, but the point that, that Dream made is exactly the right point. That price is, price is way too juicy. It's my second favorite bet in this division, plus 310 to win the division with Mike Brabel and Derrick Henry. And I'll put over in a, in a, in a side pocket, Tannehill. The only reason that, that I'm, I'm comfortable with Tannehill is because they're all comfortable with each other. They really tried hard to bolster the offensive line in the offseason. They did a great job bringing in a new offensive coordinator who's committed to elevating the pace of the slowest offense in the NFL. Tim Kelly's got a commitment to up-tempo. But to me, my favorite bet in this division is over seven and a half wins for the Tennessee Titans. That price yeah, is I like that. It's minus 128. It is by far my favorite uh, uh, bet in the division. Mike Rabel's uh, gone over his win total four of the past five years. They The Tennessee never wins less than seven games. He's kind of like the Tomlin or, 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 or the or, or the Pete Carroll, right? Because he's 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 confident every year they come in. The defense still has has the talent, and I admire what they did in terms of upgrading the offensive line, both through the draft and through free agency. And they have, you know, the benefit of a schedule that's a slot, tiny bit easier than what they faced last year. They face seven bottom tier or rookie quarterbacks over the course of this season. I like the investment in Vrabel uh, at at the plus three ten price for the division because it's just it's it's a great price. But the win total is the thing that I really like about Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, like I don't know what it is, but me and House we just always see things the same way. And in addition to everything House said, the Titans they were third in adjusted games lost, and that's a metric you heard heard me quote numerous times throughout this podcast. And it, the reason why is because. Those injuries tend to regress season to season, unless you're Baltimore or the, you're the 49ers. So I think the, the Titans, if they stay healthier this year, I think they fly over that win total, and I think they challenge for the division. Well, boys, I'm hopping on board with that. I'm with you on Tennessee from a win total perspective. I don't know if they win the division, but they're in the mix. Like this division to me has nine and eight, eight and nine written all over it. And I think you'll see Jacksonville and Tennessee one and two in this division, basically the way you saw Jacksonville and Tennessee in this division a year ago. When we come back, Indianapolis, new coach, new quarterback. Houston, new quarterback, new coach. Can either team make a move? Are you willing to buy stock in either team? Win right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you have Jacksonville and Tennessee in this division. Then you have Indianapolis. Last year, 
disaster. No other way to put it. Matt Ryan looked cooked. Indy, who was a darling of a whole lot of people in the preseason, dead to rights midway through the year, fired their coach. They bring in a uh, coach out of broadcasting, and they end up being a total joke across the across the board. Then you have the Texans. They've been a joke now for quite a while. House, you willing to get him on board with either one of these teams? I mean, I'm not, but I'm asking for a friend. A- any interest in the Colts or the Texans this year? I am going to make wagers. I may have already placed wagers on situations involving both of these teams. I slightly favor... The Colts. I like the Colts situation a lot better in all respects, save for one. They are owned by a lunatic and the instability, the chaos that their their lunatic uh, owner visits upon this franchise, the instability that he drops into the mix. So many unforced errors. This team was, to me, the biggest disappointment by a long shot last season. They tried to invest in Larry Holmes, Matt Ryan, and he just couldn't play football. 28 turnovers in 12 games. 28 turnovers in 12 games. I have to say it three times. 28 turnovers in three games. It's a goddamn disaster. This team had talent on defense and still has reasonable talent on defense. This team beat Kansas City last year. This team beat Jacksonville last year. This team had a lead against Philadelphia till the very end. Last year, this team had a lead on Minnesota till the very end last year. This team had a lead against Pittsburgh until the very end last year. They were snatching defeat from the jaws of victory right and left. They lost Stefan Gilmore in this offseason. Their cornerback position is now thin. They only have seven road games, though, because they catch one of these uh, London games. So that's good. But Tell me whether or not Jonathan Taylor is going to suit up and play football for the Indianapolis Colts this year. If you can tell me the answer to that question, then that will help, you know, counsel which way I want to go with the bets. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the London game because that takes me back to the Jaguars. The Jaguars actually lose two home games to London. So that's another strike for the Jaguars. But, but when it comes to, to it, Colts, though, that's one thing. See, I'll push back on that. The Jaguars are used to playing in London. Two, they do it every two year. London games? They do it two every London year, games? though, dude. Every year. They, and they it's do not like, one. It, but they, they used do to one. it. I don't, two, I don't, wa- two I don't is worry crazy. about them with London. I really don't. Okay. All the teams I might... The, for what it's worth, I'm not worried about that with Jacksonville. In my opinion, <laughs> you're making okay. you're going to make me disrespect Jacksonville. Do, do you think? What do you think they prefer between Jacksonville and London? <laughs> I think I'd rather be in London, but that's I don't me. Know, man. I mean, I, I'm not going to keep it home. You I'm not in Jacksonville right now, and you don't want to hear that. But I'd rather be in London. <laughs> There, there are travel issues, and there's jet lag and things like that. So I think two London games is a bit unfair. You got to admit that. But when it comes to the Colts, I mean, like everything House said is correct. I mean, them them losing Stefan Gilmore. They also lost Isaiah Rogers, who got suspended due to gambling. Uh, it just seems like everyone has a gambling problem at, at this point with him and, and Phil Mickelson. But like there's things I like about this Colts team. Um, they bring in Shane Steichen from Philadelphia. And we all saw what he did with, with Jalen Hurts. I think he can replicate that with Anthony Richardson. And But the big issue is, if you're going to be running that RPO, you really need to know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be there. This is a team that had a solid offensive line, and I do think that they're going to be better with Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor than they were with Matt Ryan. But I need to see what's going on with, with Jonathan Taylor. 
I need to see if Anthony Richardson is actually going to be starting because it appears that they did sign Gardner Minshew and he might start the season. So we just don't know that yet. So if I had to lean any direction, I would lean towards the Colts improving. I mean, the Colts had Jeff Saturday. They pulled Jeff Saturday out of the ESPN booth to coach last year. And so it's just, it was a complete disaster. So if you ask me, even with the defensive losses, there's nowhere to go but up. Boys, when we return, the Houston Texans are a prime candidate. In fact, they are the favorite to have the worst record in the NFL. Is that the proper play? Should we be thinking about it differently? We might be thinking about it differently. That's coming up. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, boys, before we say goodbye, the Houston Texans over the last two or three years have been as bad as can be. Now they have a new coach. They have a new quarterback. So you look at like a lot of these win totals. They're so super low, Raheem. Like you by, by default, you would figure, okay, maybe some sense of improvement. Maybe some sense of moving in the right direction for the Houston Texans. Do we finally see it in 2023? I love the coaching hire, but it's not like he has Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. Like, what is he going to do with this defense? So to me, like, I, I just, I'm just not seeing it. Like, maybe you guys can convince me. Well, I'll say this, Dream. I appreciate the commitment by way of the free agent uh, acquisition to, like, just bring in guys that have a known NFL track record. That all by itself is a little bit different than what they've been doing in Houston the last several years. It's not like anybody that's going to knock your socks off. You're not going to be telling your grandkids about Robert Woods or Devin Singletary or Dalton Schultz. But for a brand-new quarterback in C.J. Stroud that I think has a legit chance to be the best quarterback out of that quarterback class that came in, this year, I really think as a, as a, like a pocket passer, if they can figure out a way to protect him, he, he is the most sound passer out of that class, in my humble opinion. But to me, the thing that, that will be the change in culture is what D'Amico Ryans brings. That defense was somewhat respectable looking at certain metrics, like on a down-by-down metric they were like kind of middle of the pack maybe even top half they gave up a ton of explosive plays that was a full-on roller coaster ride that's how you get to 313 and one the uh, addition of of will anderson now there is fair complaints out there about them using up draft capital to to bring him in but you know they need uh uh an impactful right away uh, presence on that D line. They got it in Anderson. They did bring in Jimmy Ward at safety. That brings some stability to the back half uh, of that defense. And they're putting guys we've heard of at least in some of these skill positions for CJ Stroud. Um, I don't like this team 
to do anything but win some more games than what they did last year. It's a low bar, right? They won three last year. Can they win six or seven? Sure. I think that's the that's reasonable way to think about it. Am I going to invest in them? No. But, you know, good luck to, to, to D'Amico. Good luck to CJ. And, you know, let's, let's see if Houston can turn it around a little bit, JJ. And maybe we'll exceed expectations by a smidge. But that brings me to my next point. The worst regular season record, 2023-2024. And these odds actually surprised me a little bit. A little bit. Because I thought Houston would be higher up this pecking order. They are not. Arizona is right now a heavy favorite to have the worst record in the NFL. They're at plus 250. Tampa Bay, who we talked about earlier on this show, is at plus 950. The Texans, the Rams are at 10 to 1. Vegas Raiders, 13 to 1. Indianapolis Colts, Washington Commanders at 15 to 1. All right, I'll start with you on this one, House. Arizona is the clear cut favorite to have the worst record. If we're going to go in a different direction now, and we're obviously looking for value doing this, who's the team we're going to find for value? Worst record in the NFL, 2023, 2024. I probably tipped my hand when we did the AFC West, but I cannot be more out on the Las Vegas Raiders. And if you are giving me 13 to one odds on that team being the worst in the NFL, daddy, give me one helping and then give me two. I love that wager. That offensive line is going to subject poor Jimmy G to risk that he has not encountered at any point in his football life, fellas. And I think that that a level of duress combined with the sheer incompetency of Josh McDaniels is setting up for a perfect scenario to catch double digit odds on the Raiders as the worst team in the NFL coupled alongside the fact that, you know, their schedule there in the AFC is tough. It's going to be a punch in, in, in the balls and a punch in the face. Jimmy G needs to protect his balls and his face. Cause he's so beautiful. He's not going to be able to do it. I'm betting on uh, Josh McDaniels as first coach fired. And I'm definitely betting on the Las Vegas Raiders as the worst team in the NFL this season dream. I'm going to go with, the Los Angeles Rams. And a big reason why is because this team is in total rebuild mode. And I can totally see that with a bad offensive line and not a lot of talent, this team could go into the tank ver- very quickly. Now, you look at their schedule. They're only favorites three times this year. And those games, week four against the Colts, week six against the Arizona Cardinals, week 12 against the Arizona Cardinals. Actually, they're favorite four times. They're also favorite Week 15 against the Washington Commanders. Oh, no. I actually don't think that I actually don't think that they're going to be favored in that game. So if you ask me, like, they're probably only going to be favored once or twice this season. And they start the season off with Seattle, San Francisco, and the Bengals. They're going to be 0-3 right away. So to me, I just think it wouldn't surprise me if we saw them shut down Stafford or Stafford got traded. And they just completely go into the tank and, and try to get the quarterback from USC, Caleb Williams. So I'm going to go with the Rams at 10 to 1. Okay. So I understand the narrative standpoint of your point. Uh, Caleb Williams, Los Angeles, the idea of keeping the USC quarterback in his backyard, selling those tickets at SoFi Stadium. Yeah. Like that makes a whole lot of sense. And I, I think depending on what you see, Raheem, with Stafford and Cup 
and Donald in the early going of this year, you're going to know, I'd say like four weeks in, hey, are the Los Angeles Rams going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL? Or are they a team that's going to be a little bit more spunky this year? House, I'm with you. You know I'm out on the Raiders every which way. They have Kansas City in their division. And I also look for teams that have the potential to go and quit on a head coach. That's the one thing to me. I don't think the Rams are quitting on Sean McVay unless there's a situation where they are making them quit on Sean McVay, where Sean McVay is basically saying, hey, I want to coach Caleb Williams next year. Get the hell out of the way, guys. Therefore, you know, we get what we want to get. I'm with you, House. We're betting on a team that have the worst record in the NFL. Arizona's the chalky pick. That's all well and good. Raheem, sorry, I can't do it with the Rams. I'm getting on Vegas. Worst record. Let's make it a family play as we say goodbye here on this Wednesday show. I want to thank the Wargon Warrior. Fantastic job as always. Good work by Raheem. Good work by House. We will be back next week. And now that the division picks are in, we'll tie a nice little bow on this as we get closer to the regular season. And week one lines, get ready. Available out there. Boys are back next week. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit Gambling Help Line MA or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.